This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we recap the first games played by Bates sports teams in more than a year. Both lacrosse programs picked up wins over St. Joseph's, and the women's basketball team split a pair of games against Colby. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Women's basketball team played a pair of games over the weekend against the Colby College Mules, going 1-1, falling to the Mules 77-70 on Saturday before bouncing back with a victory at home by a final score of 65-57 on Sunday. First-year Morgan Kennedy paced Bates on Saturday with 21 points, while junior Ariana Dahlia poured in 15 points, grabbed 13 rebounds, and dished out a career-high six assists on Sunday, leading the Bobcats to victory. Dahlia also scored 15 points on Saturday, and shot 11 of 19 from the floor overall. For her efforts, Ariana Dahlia is our female Bobcat of the week. Ari, tell me a little bit about your reaction when you found out the team would be able to play a little bit here this March uh, after you know, such a long layoff from competition. It's hard practicing knowing that you won't have a game, so it takes a lot of motivation and drive to do that. Um, so when we did hear that we were going to have a game, we were really excited. Um, everyone was super pumped in practice. We were finally able to have contact play. So I think everyone was really excited. We played really hard. Yeah, you had 15 points, 13 rebounds, six assists in that win against Colby on Sunday. Tell me what was clicking for you out there on the court. Yeah, so I was really looking to get the ball in the post and looking to score in transition and just being confident going up with my shot. Um, we've been practicing a lot. And so I kind of worked on transitioning what we've been working on in practice to the game. How do you feel like your offense has been developing over the last few years? You told me before that you were a very defensive-minded player in high school, a little bit different role here. How has that been growing for you now recently? Good. I think Coach has really built up my confidence in terms of, like, looking at the rim and looking for my shot first. Um, so I think with my size, I'm a small forward. So if I have a mismatch, Coach usually wants me to take, take that first look and then working on a faster release for my shot. Taking on Colby back-to-back days, this is a – matchup that I feel has had very exciting games over the last few years, Bates versus Colby, um, and a couple of pretty close ones this past weekend, right? What is it about Colby that makes it such a good matchup, you think? Going from having no games and having Colby back-to-back days was definitely a grind, but as a team, I think we really dug deep and thought back to our time in quarantine as motivation, and just thought back to that huge chunk of time you weren't able to play together, so getting the chance to play meant everything. Everyone has played so hard. Um, Plus, with Julie, our senior captain, getting injured, it was like super emotional for everyone, and it really just gave us that extra push to bring the energy, the drive, and competitive competitiveness that Julia brings in games. Um, so we definitely played for her, and I mean, our games against Colby are always super exciting, so we were just really ready to be in that atmosphere again from not being able to play for so long. Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, Julia not being able to play this weekend, even though she's, she's a senior, but I saw her on the video feed over on the bench. Yeah. Hopping on one leg, encouraging people. I mean, what does that say about her enthusiasm for this program? I mean, yeah, she is just like overall like an amazing person, amazing captain, amazing teammate. Um, and she, even though she couldn't play, she hyped us up just as much in the locker room um, and was super supportive from the bench. So we, we really did play for her. Obviously, you were missing Julia for these two games. Um, you're, you're also missing a few other key players, right? So like Megan Graff, Mia Roy, Taylor McVeigh, they're, they're all going to be back next year when you're a senior how exciting is, is that pr- proposition for for the program because it seems like it's gonna be a really a strong team next year doesn't it 
yeah, I mean, this year was super difficult not having Meg, Mia, and Taylor here, the three of our key players, um, and they just bring so much to the team, but we've been putting in a lot of work and are working really hard, so in terms of getting ready for them to come back and play, I think we're just going to continue putting in the work in the core and in the weight room and getting better every day, so when they come back, we're in the best shape as possible and we're ready to go, um, but we're just really excited to have them back so the team can be complete again. As one of the upperclassmen, tell me a little bit about your impressions of the first years who got their first taste of uh, college basketball, right? I mean, the freshmen absolutely killed it. To think that their last playing an actual game was in high school, and then with us only being able to practice live for a few weeks and then have our first game day, I'm so proud of them. They really showed up. You know, Morgan with 21 points in her first college game, and Delaney with nine, and then the hustle and drive from Javina and Allison, especially on Saturday, just made me super excited for a season with them next year. So what kind of personality do the first years bring to the team, you feel? The freshman group definitely has some fires to them. They're just ready to go, and they play really, really hard. They show up to practice every day and play with extremely competitive attitudes, so I think they're really going to be successful in this program. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts you want to share we haven't gotten to talk about about the past weekend and what it meant to get back out on the court? I mean, I think this goes for everybody on the team, but especially for the junior class, just – realizing that you know the next time we're gonna be player playing will be seniors um so we're just really hungry to play and to win and the seniors every year talk about like the senior mindset and like the senior drive on playing like they're like yo you'll realize like when you're a senior like you'll see like it's just like you have a different like push to play um and I think we're experiencing that now you know just this weekend we're all so competitive and just so like you know, mind over matter, like we like when we were tired, it was like, we don't care if like, we want to win still. Um, and so I think I'm just, I'm really excited for us moving forward and for next season just to see how we do. And with our, um, with Meg, me and Taylor coming back and our incoming freshmen as well. Right, exactly. Well, it's a very exciting future for the women's basketball team. Solid weekend. And of course, Ariana Dahlia, two big games, our female Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. The men's lacrosse team dominated the second half on its way to a 24-7 win over St. Joseph's on Saturday. Junior Oliver Allen and sophomore Will Schenebeck paced Bates with four goals each. Meanwhile, senior captain Chris Costello won 13 of 15 faceoffs with 13 ground balls. He also scored a goal and dished out three assists. And Chris Costello is our male Bobcat of the week. Chris, this is your first time on the Bobcats. You're a senior captain for the Bobcats this year. Just tell me a little bit about your background uh, growing up in, in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and how Bates first got on your radar um, as a possible school. Yeah, so thanks for having me on the Bobcast, Aaron. I'm, I'm honored to be named the male Bobcat of the week. Um, just growing up, played a lot of sports, and um, you know, Ridgefield is a, is a big lacrosse town. There's a lot of very, very good athletes coming through the program. So always growing up, I always had a stick in my hand, and uh, – you know, once once I reached high school, I probably would say that lacrosse was my favorite sport. And um, yeah, just in, in the recruiting process, I came into it with uh, just open eyes, went to a lot of recruiting showcases. And um, I was actually up in Maine at the the Colby Bowden Bates showcase, which is a very popular lacrosse one. Um, talked to Coach Zanya and just really thought we um, we messed really well together on my visit. He basically described the program, the way they play lacrosse. I thought it felt really well into um, the way I love to play lacrosse. And then obviously the academic side. So, yeah, I, I thought after that one talk with uh, Coach Lasagna that this is going to be the place for me. So I went for it, and I, I don't regret it at all. And then you have an interesting role, right? You're, you handle um, the vast majority of 
the face-offs. And those are so important in lacrosse. And you've been handling, you know, you've been playing that role, handling face-offs since day one here for Bates um, in, in some capacity, at least. Right. So what's that experience been like growing in that role? Because it is such a crucial uh, part of the game, right? Yeah, definitely. So I'd say I started, started taking face-offs seriously um, when I came down with a back injury in high school. I always, I always was uh, okay at taking face-offs, but like I said, I hurt my back my senior year. I couldn't move that well, so I decided, you know, I'm not going to take the season off. I'm going to play through it, but I'm just going to do what I can help the team. So I, I uh, took these face-offs, and then, yeah, coming into Bates, I still was battling a little nagging back injury. So, um, yeah, just went with the face-offs, and I was actually mentored by a great face-off man, um, Eli Cooper, um, for the first two years I've been here. And then, yeah, just fell into that role and uh, just been working with that. I've been very happy about it. And then last year, obviously, an abbreviated season, but you were not only handling faceoffs, but you were staying out there on the field and playing in the midfield. Sometimes a faceoff guy handles the faceoffs and then leaves, but you were still out there the whole time. What's that like for you? Yeah, that's great. I, I, it's such a privilege to be able to do that and to have coaches trust with the ball in my hands. Um, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Obviously, like you said, there are a lot of faceoff guys who do win the face off and then run off the field. Um, and I, I just haven't given up on being able to play offense and defense lacrosse because it's so much fun to me. So I've been just, as well as I work on the face offs, I work on my stick skills, I work on my offense and my defensive skills. So yeah, short, shout out Coach Lasagna for letting me play offense. Um, I'm very grateful for it. You know, this being your senior year, how cool is it to finally get back on the field, right? It's been a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's been about a year. And um yeah, we played that game St. Joe's on Saturday, and the energy level was something I have never experienced before. Just so exciting to be able to play against a different color. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that energy level. I mean, as a senior, I mean, I mean, you must have been pumped, but I mean, like, what, what would it feel like out there on the field, finally getting back out there? Yeah, we, we went into that game just going crazy. We went, up, we went on a quick 5-0 run, and, and it was just the whole energy and the whole atmosphere – was going crazy that we actually slipped up as you could see in the box score um st joe's came back and, and props to them that's a great program and they're they're they really put us on our heels for a little bit um so it took about till halftime and then we finally sat down and said listen like we know this is the first time we're on the field in a year we know how to play good base lacrosse and that's what we're going to do so we settled down came out and i th i believe it was a 17-1 run after the halftime so um, like I said, energy level was crazy. Nerves were crazy, but um, I'm very happy that we, we were able to get this game in before our first NESCAT game. How did you approach kind of the extended off season, if you will? I mean, you guys got to practice in the fall with the coaches and whatnot. We did a story on that, but how did you approach it from your perspective? You know, once last year ended so early. So starting with last year, our last game was a, was a lost midweek loss against Western New England that left a bad taste in a lot of our mouths. So that's personally what fueled at least my off-season work ethic over the summer. But um, yeah, like you said, the coaches were able to be at practice all fall for the first time in who, however long um, Coach Lozano has been here. And our whole purpose at practice was just to get better day by day, week by week. And uh, there was a lot of ups and downs with hopes of having a season, um, especially in February coming up towards the NASTAC decision. But I thought everybody did a great job of just cutting out all these distractions. And then when we have this time on the field all fall, 
when we're able to be with our teammates, play with each other, we just we just go out there and play lacrosse. And I thought we did a great job preparing all fall for what's about to come. Yeah, and so after the season opening win there you had against St. Joe's, you don't play again until April 10th. That'll be your NESCAC opener uh, at Connecticut College, although who knows, they could toss in a game before then. It's a, it's a freewheeling time. But uh, tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are, what the team needs to work on or prepare for leading into the NESCAC schedule coming up in mid-April. So a great thing about St. Joe's, um, when we started to go on this nice run, we were able to pretty much play all the players on the team. So going back to when I was a freshman, my opening game at Bates Lacrosse was against the national top 10 RIT. So I think that a lot of these young players, and we're a young team this year, we have a lot of depth. So a lot of these young players got good game experience. Um, so what I'm looking for is just for them to continue gaining confidence on the field and during practice. And um, I think we're still forming our team identity. And uh, I'm just excited for what's about to come. Give me a little insight into Coach Lasagna. Um, what's he like as a coach? You've had him now, you know, just being your senior year. Coach Lasagna is, is so passionate about the game of lacrosse. He's, and he's one of the most supportive people that I've ever had on and off the field. Um, he cares so much about his team and on and off the field. And he's just a great all-around coach. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to be coached by him in college. Great. You touched on earlier the first years, like the young team, some underclassmen perhaps, what are some things you tell them about what it takes to succeed in this program? Um, I think the biggest thing for the younger guys is just to buy in just to, because we're a big team and, and you might not see daily successes, but if you just buy into, to getting better every day and working your hardest, you're going to see the rewards eventually. And they're, they're going to come sooner than you think. Excellent. Now, academically, you're an economics major, right? what's been your approach kind of balancing, you know, academics and athletics during your time, because they're both such a big commitment. Yeah. So I just, um, I'm, I'm a big, I love to schedule out my weeks and just make sure that I have enough time to work on my athletics as well as academics. Um, I'm, I'm working on, on my thesis right now. I'm a second semester senior. So, so that has been taking up a lot of time, but just trying to sit down and, and say, if I give myself an hour to do this, I'm going to just focus on academics for an hour. So, and it, it's, it's um, made me grown a lot as a person. Awesome. What are you most looking forward to these next few games? I mean, coming up in, in April, it's a shortened season, but there's still potential for postseason play, right? Next few games, I'm just loving, I'm just excited to go compete with my teammates. And I think we can do great things. I'm very excited to play other schools, especially NESCAC schools. Um, after not a great year, I'm sure there, there are teams looking down on us and, and teams that think that we're going to be an easy game. And I'm excited to come out with a chip on our shoulders and, and prove that we've been putting all this work in the offseason, all summer, all fall, all beginning of the spring, and we're ready to go play. Sounds good. Chris Costello, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. The women's lacrosse team rolled to a 16-2 win over St. Joseph's on Saturday. Junior Jordan Tavetter led the way for Bates with three goals and one assist. The defense shined in the victory, and head coach Brett Allen joined the Bobcast to talk about the win and what promises to be a short but interesting NASCAC season. Happy to have the head coach of the Bates women's lacrosse team, Brett Allen, with us here on the Bobcast as the Bobcats returned to the field for the first time in 375 days and got the victory 16-2 over St. Joseph's College this past weekend. And uh, coach, to have your women back out there on the field competing uh, must have been great to see, right? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, it's been such a long layoff for everybody. And, 
every capacity of life. And so just to get out in the field and run around and play lacrosse again with your teammates, uh, I think was just really great for the team and for the program. What really stood out about uh, the team in the first game back? You don't have super high expectations, right? Because you know you haven't played in a while. You know you haven't competed as a team in a while. You've obviously got some new players. Um, there's some kids that are on our team that chose to be remote this semester. So, you know, I think you're just trying to mesh everything together. Um, and so the opportunity to play against St. Joe's, I think, really was great for us to just get back on the field, play the way we want to play. Um, as the way the game went, we were able to, you know, really get everybody some minutes, which was awesome as well, because I think when people play in a game, they just feel more connected to each other as teammates. And, um, and so it was just, it was a, a really good day all around. And so just so folks know, obviously the Bobcats will be competing in a shortened NESCAC schedule this year. It looks like you have three NESCAC regular season games, at least on the docket. And then there is a possibility for postseason, right? Explain that to everyone. Sure, sure. So basically when the NESCAC made the decision to move forward with spring sports, every institution had the opportunity to opt in to participation or opt out based on all sorts of things, you know, where they are is from a location perspective, number of kids on campus, stuff like that. So uh, once schools made their commitments to opting in, then the conference set up a schedule um, for lacrosse. They split us into two divisions, an East division and a West division, just because, you know, some of the COVID guidelines still in place, like no overnight trips, um, you know, are going to prevent us from, you know, say going to Hamilton. So we will play, uh, Tufts, we'll play Colby and we'll play Khan. We play Colby twice, but only one of them will count as the conference game. Um, and then in the Western division, it'll be Trinity, Wesleyan, and Hamilton. They will each play each other twice, but only have one of the contests count as a NESCAC game. And so um, after the regular season, there's a four-week schedule or a four-weekend schedule in April. Uh, the team that finishes in first in the East will play the team that finishes first in the West. And uh, the winner of that game will represent the conference as our AQ for NCAAs this year. It's, it's certainly a different feel, you know, than a normal season, but uh, the, having the opportunity to play and to compete in a, um, a shortened conference schedule is really great. Oh, excellent. So it could come down to like the final day of the regular season. You could be playing for the right to play in the championship. Yeah, I, I, that hypothetically, that is a possibility. So, um, you know, we're trying to take it a day, day at a time, <laughs> week at a time. Of course. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I've thought that far ahead, but certainly it is a possibility. Great. And then the team did get to practice together in the fall at the time. Maybe uh, people were varying levels of optimism about a spring season. How, how did your feelings kind of go evolving from the fall into the spring about the possibility of actually getting some games in? Well, it's been such a roller coaster ride you know um and i think nationally regionally locally like watching the data trend in one direction or the other as far as the positive case count or the number of hospitalizations in the part of the country that we're located i think either gave you reason for optimism or maybe reason to think that there was no way that anything was going to happen so um i would say that i kind of went back and forth you know there was moments where i was like we're clearly going to be playing and then there was other moments where i was like there's no way in heck we're going to play so um you know, and there were a lot of factors that led to probably those emotions on a week to week basis um, or those thoughts. So 
I think by the time, um, as frustrating as it was that the NESCAC was delaying to make the decision, um, I think it was wise because it just gave us more time to then end up seeing things really trend in the right way. Um, and so when a decision was made, um, you know, I think it was made safely and soundly. And, you know, here we are with a chance to, to play a little bit. Exactly. And then uh, your first NESCAC game, April 3rd, hosting the Mules uh, on Garcelon Field. Um, so you got a few days until that first uh, NESCAC game. So what's going to be some points of emphasis in practice to the team based off what you saw against St. Joe's? So we were just really trying to, you know, continue to introduce some, some concepts on offense and defense. Um, you know, we've really only been playing full field, full contact for just over a week because of the way we had to phase our return into participation. Um, so there's a lot of things that we're talking through, working on, um, you know, giving the kids a chance to answer questions um, or ask questions so that we can just, you know, answer them for them. Um, and then I think the other thing is just watch them play together and see how they play together and which groups seem to really gel and, you know, which, which groups maybe need some things to work on. Um, you know, it's, again, I was saying earlier, the expectations are different. Like we obviously want to compete. We want to put our best product out there. Um, but it's different than a normal season in that, um, you know, there's only three games that count and, you know, there's just a lot of things that we can work on besides just game prep. Certainly. You do have three senior captains this year, uh, Summer Dias, uh, Catherine Grennan, and Margaret Smith. Uh, tell me about each of them and what makes them uh, kind of um, leaders on this team. Well, I think, uh, you know, your captains typically um, have traits that their teammates feel like, um, are going to benefit the all around good of the team. And that's not to say that anybody who's not a captain doesn't have those same traits, but they've either shown um, compassion or the ability to communicate or the ability to perform or the ability to connect with their teammates, I think um, at a really high level over the course of their time in the program. And, and I think all three of them have done that and continue to do that. Um, and I think last year when we were figuring out uh, what the season was going to look like and, you know, how we were going to approach captains. I think their teammates obviously um, selected them for those reasons. Um, you know, I will say the one unique thing with all of them this year is that uh, they have, uh, they all play the same position and it's the first time I've ever had captains who play the same position. Um, usually you have maybe a kid on defense, you know, maybe one or two on attack or vice versa. Sometimes it's a goalie and, and somebody else. So, um, you know, I think what's been really interesting is to uh, have conversations with them and then make sure that we're talking about the whole team from a lacrosse perspective. Um, and they're doing a really good job of, of, you know, communicating certain things to me all across the field and from all team perspectives. So it's good. And the three teams you're playing this year, Colby, Connecticut College and Tufts within the NESCAC. You haven't seen these teams for, for two years. I mean, normally there'd be some, you know, video scouting and whatnot, and you might get the chance to do that for maybe like the Tufts game and stuff, and you'll play Colby twice. But, I mean, how is that preparing for teams that you really don't know much about at this point because it's been so long? Yeah, I, so I think you just shift your focus, right? Your focus um, becomes more about what you do and what you do well and how you want to play. Um, and obviously – 
there's probably a greater chance for some, you know, in-game adjustments as you get into those contests and see how the game plays out. But I really feel like, you know, all of us as coaches in the league are just trying to get our teams on the same page, you know, get everybody's mentality in the right place, get everybody feeling good about what we're doing. And then, you know, I think there's also been a greater amount of appreciation for, you know, just playing sport, you know, and outcomes will always be important. And, you know, we're all obviously always trying to win, but I think, um, I think COVID has really taught our kids to be grateful, um, more grateful than perhaps they were in the past, you know? Great. I know you hate this question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but uh, any individuals who really stood out against St. Joseph's? Uh, it was a wonderful team effort, Aaron. Um, the great part about that game was that we were able to get some of our younger, newer players with less experience, um, a lot of playing time. Um, our first years were able to play in their first collegiate game and, you know, kind of get rid of some of those jitters. Um, and then our returning players who haven't played in a while were able to kind of get back at it and, and do a really good job. So um, I thought our goalie play, though, in both halves was really good. Um, Cami and Rachel both played great. And I really thought, um, you know, in all aspects of the game, we were pretty solid offense, defense and in transition. So it was great. Excellent. Any other thoughts on this uh, short season coming up here and uh, what you're most looking forward to, perhaps? Yeah, you know, I'm just really excited to watch the team together every day. You know, I think not being able to do that and having a much shorter season than we would normally have. It's made me appreciate how much fun it is to just watch them be together and, you know, develop their relationships with each other as teammates and as friends. And obviously um, to watch the team just improve over a daily basis from a lacrosse perspective, like um, it's just been, it's been really awesome and I've, I've loved it. So what, just continuing to watch that is really something I'm looking forward to. Excellent. Brett Allen, head coach of the Bay women's lacrosse team off to a one and zero start. Thanks so much, coach. Thanks, Aaron. This week, the Bobcats take to the diamond as the baseball and softball teams take on St. Joseph's pending field conditions. The baseball team is home for a doubleheader on Saturday, and the softball team is home for a twin bill on Sunday. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bobcast.